This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, June 8th, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Did big money win the Wisconsin governor's office for Scott Walker? After tens of millions of dollars spent on that race, the needle barely budged. And what happens when money gets spent in political races? John Samples, director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government, argues that money is used to inform voters. Politics means a lot of things to people. And one of the things that really makes uh, campaign finance regulation attractive is that, uh, among other things, it provides explanations when things go badly. And you can really attribute uh, bad events to the fact that, oh, well, big money or these sort of vile forces at work that aren't democratic, that aren't legitimate, uh, they came in here and they caused this. I mean, you just don't hear people saying, well, gee, you know, uh, the public really isn't on our side here in Wisconsin on these uh, issues. Or that the taxpayers are maybe a diverse uh, group of people who have figured out that uh, public sector unions are a small concentrated uh, interest group that is exploiting the taxpayers. Nothing – no one's going to say anything like that. No, it's the devil showed up and caused all these problems. Uh, It does – you know, you always have to go around thinking about the empirics of it. Uh, Did it actually have effects? Because it is true apparently that – it's very hard to tell. But it does seem that uh, the Walker allies outspent uh, the uh, other side, the the side trying to remove Walker. Now, that's – there's a number of things to say about that. One is – that generally the story has been in political science and people who study campaigns that, you know, spending money on ads is a lot less effective than having a lot of organizational muscle. And labor unions had put a lot of money into the, the Wisconsin struggle and they're known for and have become in the last dozen years or so really much better at organization. They're a, they are a tightly organized interest group. Um, so they – did that they, and that they put a lot of money into that. Uh, and the fact that they were outspent on the ad side doesn't mean anything really because generally speaking, you a dollar on organization and get out the vote's going to beat several dollars on the ad side. So it's a sort of convenient thing to forget that. that they, it's not that the Wisconsin groups were really badly out, outplayed if you just – or outspent uh, if you look at the – the, the general picture. But it's a bigger uh, issue. People blame big money for influencing election outcomes, but separating that from the basic popular will mm-hmm. is something that is, is very difficult for a lot of people. NPR, for example, had a story yesterday uh, or the day before in which they talked about the mortgage interest deduction. Now, the story was supposed to be about money in politics and how that influences policy. And in this case, they were arguing that it was a policy for the worst because economists largely agree the mortgage interest deduction is a bad idea and it should probably go away. But then I, I thought to myself, well, isn't the mortgage interest deduction the most broadly used, largest tax break in mm-hmm. the tax code that is used by the middle class, by homeowners, by voters? Does campaign finance spending really have a lot to do with whether or not an incredibly popular policy stays in place? So how, do, how do we go about separating those things out or is it uh, 
Is it just uh, guesswork? Well, it's evident in some policies. I mean, the Social Security, for example, the huge part of the federal budget and the, the groups that support it have been highly organized and effective like AARP have never really been campaign contributors. They've been, they spent money on politics, obviously, and in campaign speech or electoral speech, but they've never really been contributors or big money in that sense. Uh, in Wisconsin, I think the, you can – it is you – know, the difficulty is this. If you think about taxpayers in Wisconsin, they are a group. They have diffuse interest and, and so on and they have difficulty organizing. But the money uh, that came into Wisconsin to, to defend uh, Governor Walker may well have been just conveying the idea that this small organized group – is taking advantage of taxpayers because they're organized, they're knowledgeable, and they benefit a lot. So the cost of organization for the uh, public sector unions is uh, is sensible given uh, how much the benefits are, where it's not sensible for taxpayers to organize because the benefits would be somewhat lower and the cost of organization and getting involved in politics quite high. So people come in from inside or outside Wisconsin uh, with money that – and after all, keep in mind the money goes into arguments. It goes into messages that go across the television. And so they have the effect of organizing and informing the taxpayers that uh, – and in, in that sense overcoming a real political problem that usually leads to uh, – that many people lament sensibly about the problems of representative government. There is an assumption among people who are campaign finance fans – Gugus, people who believe that this is getting money out of politics is the key to getting better policies out of Congress, sure, or um, or out of the state legislature and uh, governors. But in order to have that be your conclusion, you would have to have some understanding of how much money does or does not prevent bad policies. Uh, from being enacted. Yes, and that's true. And the other larger issue, uh, of, and in this area it's been true for a long time uh, because there's, all, there's been a partisan divide about campaign finance for much of my adult life. Uh, you, you'd have to be able to distinguish between um, policies I like, policies that maybe uh, I as a liberal Democrat like, and policies that are for the public good, right? And people, uh, not just liberal Democrats, but everyone I think tends to favor their own views that they already favor and to associate them with the general good of the society. Not many people sort of sit around thinking, oh, well, positions I have, they're really bad for the country, but they're good for me, so I'm going to endorse them, right? I mean, so that kind of distinction I think – it's a very human failing to to see uh, the, your own views as being in, in the general good. And then when they don't triumph, then there's obviously, since it's for the common good, there must be some bad force out there that has stopped them. That's a very – not just that maybe people don't agree that this is for the common good. Maybe they think another way is better, right? Um, the other thing you have to say about Wisconsin, I think, is you have to look at the actual facts. Uh, and this was an interesting uh, case in 2012 because we had the same candidates we had running in 2010. Uh, different issue, yes, but the same exact candidates. 
there were differences uh, between uh, 2010 and 2012. One difference was more money was spent, I believe, uh, by all sides. Uh, another um, difference was there was a lot more turnout. You had about a 20% increase in turnout in 2012. But the similarities were there, which was the two candidates were the same, and the results were a very minor difference, which was that uh, Governor Walker ended up winning by about 1% more in 2012 than he did in 2010. So you know, that's a really noisy kind of conclusion. That is, a lot of money was spent, and you got a little bit increase in votes, but not much. And it could be, you know, these are the kinds of things explained by the weather on uh, the day of the election or just for random events. So we don't see moving from a very close race of one by a half point to 6% or more. What we see is a lot of money spent, a lot of organization uh, going into it, and you end up with about the same result electorally. You had distribution of votes that you had in 2010. That, frankly, doesn't suggest that uh, big money is that effective in bringing about changes in the distribution of votes. John Samples is director of the Cato Institute Center for Representative Government. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.